gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. All right, hello and welcome to the Talent Podcast, podcast brought to you by The Wheel. I'm your host, Adam Hess, and with me as always, uh, just like Sam Howe, tossed to Buffalo, Mike Regan. Mike, how you doing today? Doing great. I'm back in the 716, and... No one knows I, what that means. I'm back in this beautiful Buffalo, New York, and should I say it, Adam, or, or do you want to be the one to say it? You go for it. I don't care about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Oh, see, I didn't know where you're going with that. I'm glad you said that because I'm totally on board. Jesus Christ, all I've heard about for the last 48 hours. I don't give a fuck. I, I was shocked to find out they're the same age. I had to Google that. Wait, that can't uh, be possibly be true. Yeah, do you know Taylor Swift's 33? thought she was 22. How old are we? Well, you're uh, a couple don't years Taylor Swift. <laughs> I still got some time, brother, until I'm Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey age. You yeah. know what the real upsetting part about that is? Is what? that... I'm uh, six years younger than Taylor Swift to Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. No matter what I do, I will never be as attractive as those people are at 33. I mean, you still got time. You can make some life changes. <laughs> yeah. Somehow I got to change my genetics. You're going to have to get a lot bigger if you're going for the Travis Kelsey look. Or a lot skinnier and link and like danglier if you're going for the T-Swift look. I don't know if my hair can, can pull off the T-Swift look anymore. Got, Although I am the singer-songwriter of our generation, so maybe it is possible. That is true. But yeah, I don't care about it. The, the Chiefs like finally looked like the Chiefs again, and all those people were talking about were, you see Taylor Swift, she was in the box, and then they scored, and she got excited. Did you see it? Did you see it? Did you see it? Yeah, I wouldn't have even cared if they had made it, uh, or if they had talked about Usher, who was mm-hmm. like actually relevant to the football world. But they weren't. Yeah. Like, they were talking about a musician that wasn't relevant to the football world. Yeah. And then every fucking podcast that I listen to has to talk about it. Fucking Simmons. Oh, God. Brought on someone to talk about Taylor Swift with him and Sal. I feel like this just adds to my theory that Taylor Swift is a Soviet Union sleeper agent. Because, think about it. Her songs easily get stuck in everybody's head, even if they only have heard them, like half the song one time they'll get stuck in your head mm-hmm. the media is obsessed with her you know she has a bajillion quadrillion fans you know selling their like stealing money for from their grandmothers to pay for tickets yes. i mean she she has a hold over this nation i think she might be a sleeper cell mind if i put something out here real quick mike about your theory yeah. uh yeah. we're talking about taylor swift right now see it's working <laughs> <laughs> it's working Someone needs to call Joe Biden and tell him to uh, look into this. I think he's a little busy. He's uh, he's striking, you see? Striking what? Striking. He's on the strike. He's on the picket line. He's with not going to work until presidents get more options. What's up uh, with the auto workers? Oh. I thought, I was like, I'm pretty sure the WGA and SAG strike, I heard, like, good news. There's, like, a tentative deal in place. Yeah, tentative deal. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I, I, was, I was really rooting for those studios. Why are auto workers striking? Because like all their jobs are being taken by robots. Yeah, because we all forgot there was any left in America. Oh, oh, that could be it. Anyway, should we talk about football now? I guess. All right. What do you feel like talking about, Mike? Liverpool, Man United. No, I mean Unite. real football. You should really call it football. Yeah, not call it soccer. You know the people that invented it call it football because we play with your foot. Maybe you should call it hand egg. Hand egg. 
Uh, yeah, so football happened, um, as it does, uh, about 22 weekends a year. Uh, and that's really it. That's all I got for you. Yeah. Mike, I had a, I had a stat that I couldn't really find another place to fit in here, and I, I wanted to throw it to you. Okay. Ironic phrasing there. Uh, Blaine Gabbert mm-hmm. of Kansas City Chiefs fame threw five passes on Sunday. Five. Three were completed Chiefs receivers, and two were intercepted, giving Blaine Gabbert a 100% completion rate. Very impressive. Yeah. Good job, Blaine. Attaboy, Blaine. Way to get it, Blaine. I got, I got some stats here I wanted to talk about. Is, are they Blaine Gabbert-centric, or should I warn the no, listeners? The caliber of quarterback Gabbert. I'm about to talk about is on the other end of the spectrum of Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert. Mm. Okay, let's hear him. Joey B. Joey B. They finally get a win last night. Once again, keeping with last year's thing of going 0-2 and, and then turning around. In the 1916 win against the Rams, he goes 26 of 49 for 251. That's 5.3. Uh, a completion. Or no, sorry, an, an attempt. He has an A dot of 7.2, no touchdowns, one interceptions. How concerned on a scale of 1 to 10 should we still be, considering that was not an impressive performance? Uh, it's his calf, Mike. Okay. It's all just his calf. Once that heals in six to 12 years, he'll be back yeah. to regular Joey B. Like, I mean, like I saw the headline. It was like Joe Burrow in the Bengals bounce back or Joe Burrow bounces back passing for 251 yards uh, in Monday Night Football win. And so then like, when you look at the actual box score, you're like, yeah, he had like just barely above a 50% completion rate. Like, it wasn't a good performance. Yeah. He did have half of those 251. And 251's not bad. I'm not, like, shitting on the 251. It's the efficiency of that 251 that's not good. Which is kind and, of out of pocket. Like, you, you think of Joe Burrow, you think high efficiency in the passing game. I mean, it's not like he's taking off and running downfield. Right. That's supposed to be his thing. He's supposed to be, like, today's Tom Brady. Not, like, the strongest arm or the most athletic, but... But kisses his kids on the lips? Well, no, I didn't call him a sociopath. Like Tom Brady. You called him today's Tom Brady. I think it's implied. Yeah. And the other uh, thing. You, you got some other is, stats? Well, no, other than uh, somehow the Spangles defense managed to slow down the monstrous duo of Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua yeah. still had 72 yards. <laughs> yeah, I know. How many targets did he have? You have that yeah, up in front of you? Yeah, seven targets, caught five of them. Ah, see? 72 yards. Not, does it, not even just a volume guy anymore. Puka Nakua, efficient. He's an efficient guy, unlike Joe Burrow right now. Unlike Joe Burrow. Yeah, Jamar Chase, 12 receptions, 141. So he, uh, he balled out, as they say. Mm. Oh, that's a little strong. That's like the seventh most total yards this weekend. It was an offensive heavy weekend uh, for a weekend that didn't really feel like it was offensive heavy. Yeah. I feel like coming out of this weekend, we were really talking about the teams that lost and not the teams that won. Like, we are talking about the Broncos... We're talking about the Commanders. We're talking about the Vikings. I feel like no one's talking about the the teams that fucking blew up other teams. Yeah, I think that's because there weren't a whole bunch of like exciting, exciting games this week. So, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. Hey, Mike, can I cut in here real quick and give you news that is not football related? Sure. Uh, I'm sure you've already seen this, but just in case you haven't, Jade Cargill signed a multi-year contract with WWE as her first reported by ESPN. 
I did. I like that basically all the news is out that it was happening, but now mm-hmm. that it's like officially, officially signed and done, all these news outlets are like, Jay Cargirl, go on WWE, head to the Performance Center. Like, yeah, no shit. Is, he, is she heading to the Performance Center? Yeah, but all um, all signings and returning stars have to do like a run through the Performance Center, work out, show that they're all good to go, um, get ready to go. I'd be shocked if they... I mean, I think it would be unnecessary to stick her in NXT, but... Who knows? They could go that whole route of like, oh, you were at the tiny little dookie promotion. Now you're in the game. Now you're in the fucking show, kid. Hop in there with Tiffany Stratton. Yeah. Well, anyways, we should probably hop off the topic before yeah. we start talking on, about wrestling on our not wrestling podcast. Yeah, there'll be more on this on the uh, the Tapua. So do you want to talk about winless teams? Uh, Well, uh, let's go into our, our Monday morning headlines on Tuesday yeah. afternoon, which does include the winless teams and the winful teams. Yes, yes. Mike, can I start you off with a headline here, and then we could talk some other things? Yeah. All right. So I got a team about, or a, a headline about one of the winful teams. I figured out a clever play uh, between the Miami Dolphins and a previously undefeated regular season team. You ready for this? Ready for this. Okay. So jam. If I jam together the two teams' names, it comes up as the Miami Dolphins. Wait, I'm confused. <laughs> you I'm see, the here. Miami Dolphins went undefeated once. Oh, gotcha. And now the Miami Dolphins are going to go undefeated again. Mm-hmm. So if you jam those team names together, the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> so Tua Tungavailoa, um, mm-hmm. notable quarterback in the NFL. Yes, yes. Now the MP- MVP favorite at plus 230. First left-handed MVP favorite. Really? No, nah, I don't know. I didn't really look that right. up. No, I was just trying to get a rise out of you. I mean, unless Michael Vick was ever an MVP favorite, then you're probably right. Steve Young. Oh, I forgot he was one of those weirdos who threw with the wrong hand. <laughs> one of those one of those weirdo witches that we should have burned at the stake. Yeah. Uh, so Tua currently has an EPA per dropback of .625, which means he's basically adding a touchdown worth of points every nine and a half dropbacks. That's a lot of points. Uh, that's in the first three downs and excluding overtime, which doesn't really affect it very much, but that's just kind of the standard way you do that. Uh, second place is currently Matt Stafford at 0.278. So Tua was six or 0.625, Matt Stafford 0.278. So while Tua in first place on EPA per drop back is adding a touchdown every nine and a half plays, Matt Stafford is adding a touchdown worth of points every 23 plays. That is how much significantly better Tua has been playing than any other quarterback right now. Uh, success rate, 58.2%. Uh, second place in the league currently. That might have actually been updated to be first place now. Um, I'd have to go double check. Plus 61 point differential for the uh, the Dolphins of Miami. And their drives on Sunday. I'm just going to read you the results of every one of their drives on Sunday. Ready? Yes. Touchdown, 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 turnover on downs. Went for it on fourth and one, up 21-10. Touchdown, touchdown, end of half. Touchdown, 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 punt. Touchdown, touchdown, turnover on downs. Yeah, the, uh, and pardon me if you touched on this in your stats and I missed it, but uh, through three weeks, the top graded, PFF graded offense at 93. Obviously, that is heavily impacted by a week or week three performance. But do you know, uh, number two is the Detroit Lions. Would you like to take a guess at what their grade is? Um, 89. 78. Ooh. So, yeah, great. it is a difference. 
25 point difference in grade, uh, 15 point difference if you do actual math. And uh, that that is wild, uh, obviously, because, I mean, 78 isn't really low for the Lions because it factors in all facets of offense and everything. So because of how averages work, it causes it to not be what you'd think. So for 93, they have a shitload of players and position groups that are just dominating at every aspect right now. I hate it. I hate it so much. (laughs) We'll get to that. Uh, Maybe on the Friday show, but we'll definitely get to that. Uh, Just worth pointing out also, they ran 73 plays, which means they were almost adding a point to their score per play. They scored 70 points on 73 plays. Wildly high. Yeah. Currently, the uh, top three overall graded teams on PFF are the three undefeated teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dolphins at 93. The Niners at ninety one point two and the Eagles at eighty one point five, and that actually tracks because I I do think the Dolphins and the Niners right now, from the optics, they look like the two best undefeated teams, and they look like they're slightly in a tier above the Eagles. Yeah, Eagles have looked kind of rough to start the season. Yeah, um, kind of makes me feel like PFF's not even watching the games anymore. They're just like, we're the top three teams. Yeah, we'll just yeah write those three in. Yeah. I do feel uh, like the Eagles the Eagles definitely are still searching for something they had last year, and I think that something is a little coach in Indianapolis named Shane Stinky. Yeah, I went into the season on our Futures pod being like, I don't think the departure of the Stink uh, is going to be a big difference, and it definitely is noticeable, and the Stink also has the Colts looking pretty fucking good. Yeah, they can win with whatever quarterback you put out there. Anthony Minshew. Richardson, Gardner Minshew, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, just not Zach Wilson. Minshew Mania is back. It is upon us once again. Uh, uh, I got I got one more Miami stat before we get too far off, and then yeah. you can talk about Gardner Minshew if you want. Um, Mike White had more touchdown passes than Sam Howell, Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Lamar Jackson, Zach Wilson, or Des- Desmond Ritter. Did you know Mike White even played in this game? He did. They ran the fucking score up. Mike White had a touchdown. Yeah. Maybe two touchdowns. I remember. They, they, like, they just kept running. And first of all, part of it wasn't their fault. It's because the game got so out of hand. It was like, what do you want us to do? Just kneel when we get the ball on offense. Yeah. Um, but I love this because I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. When a team like appears to like kind of run the score up and everybody's like, ah, sports, my crap. What's wrong with you? This is no, fuck it. If your team's that bad that we put our like second string players in and you can't stop us, that's a you problem. That ain't a me problem. And maybe it's because I love college football and in college football, it's like we have to impress the committee. So bury every team you have the chance to bury. Never let up. But I'm of the same mind in the NFL. Yeah, uh, it does raise the question. Do you think Miami Dolphins will be the number one ranked team in the AP poll this week? We'll have to find out. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, so of the three undefeated teams, who do you? I have the Niners staying undefeated the longest. Who do you have? Niners have kind of a hard schedule coming up. Yeah, I think their, their next game is the game against... Uh, it's against Cowboys, I believe. Yeah. But that oh, no, wait, game... I think the Cowboys actually play... No, they play... The... Yeah, so uh, the 49ers play the Cardinals next week, so that's, uh, of course, a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, they, should, they should bring Josh Jobs back to reality. Back to reality. I, <laughs> I, uh, I texted someone and described him as if LaDainian Tomlinson and Patrick Mahomes had a child who didn't have a single hair on his entire head. Um, Interesting. Here's, uh, here's the 49ers' upcoming schedule. Uh, they're at home for the Cardinals, at home for the Cowboys, on the road for the Browns, on the road for the Vikings, at home for the Bengals, and then on the road for the Jaguars. 
And so, uh, the good news for them, though, is they're getting the Cowboys in primetime, which means that we'll get primetime Kirk Cousins. So that'll be an easy win. Why are they going to get primetime Kirk Cousins when they're playing Dallas? Uh, no, October 23rd, they're playing the, oh, okay, the Vikings. Gotcha. The Vikings. Did I say Cowboys? I'm in Vikings. You Cowboys. Okay. Okay. Um, 49ers yeah, against Browns is going to be like low-key a hard matchup just because the Browns' defense has been kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And then the Cowboys is obviously really the the big one there. I think the uh, Cowboys game looked harder a week ago. Oh, they lost one game. Let's not overreact to it. They didn't look great, though. Sometimes you get speed bagged. Yeah. Maybe maybe they did. Maybe they uh they were so worried about their game against the Patriots next weekend that this was like a trap game. I mean, Arizona doesn't quite get enough credit for how well they've played in the first three games so far. And this was bound to happen at some point. This will be one of those like we look back and it's just what the fuck happened in that loss? Uh moving on to the next undefeated team. Mm-hmm. Tell me when the first loss is here. Ooh, well, for I who? can I can for the Eagles. Okay. They got at home for the Commanders next week. They are on the road for the Rams the week after. They are on the road at New York. So they are going west coast to east coast uh, on that week, which travel's always rough for that. Then they're at home for the Dolphins on October 22nd. Is that the first I'm gonna loss? That. I'm yeah. going to say that's the first loss there. All because right. the, the Eagles offense has been not as strong i know i last week i told people to calm down but it really hasn't been as strong as it should look so i just don't think they'll be able to keep up with miami if they're still firing on all, all cylinders before that the rams one was a little i think that could be a frisky one a fun yeah. one to watch because i mean the rams defense has been playing well i mean aaron donald despite them losing last night if you look at the numbers aaron donald's still fucking feasted like the dude is still I think he only recorded one sack, but when you really look at like his win percentage and the pressure he was able to like actually put on Burrow, the dude is still just probably arguably, I mean, the best. He, who else is going to be? Who, who the else would you put in his league on the defensive front four? Has to be defensive front four. Yeah. TJ Watt and Micah Parsons. Okay. Yeah. So there's like the only two other players yeah. I can think of that are in his his realm in his category then you go like um, a tier like a tier below that is like Nick Bosa and Jonathan Allen and oh Miles Garrett might be in that top tier right now too yeah he had a strong game this weekend too he's a big part of that game um so to play this game one more time tell me when the first Dolphins loss is Mike uh Sunday Dolphins at Bills done loss go there you go so according to your numbers your projections here the last undefeated team will be the Eagles of Philadelphia once again. No, I didn't say that. I went through the games. I asked you, you every game one well, by one for each, undeve- for each undefeated you do team. It. You did not do it for the Niners. You just read off their schedule. I didn't yeah, pick the you loss. You picked the Cowboys. No, I said they're I not going to lose to the Cowboys. You picked something. I heard you. I didn't I pick anything. There was no picking pick. going on. I heard you pick something. You pick something with your little liar mouth. 49ers. Roll, roll the tape back. Roll the tape back. <laughs> I'm putting the 49ers on, like, undefeated watch right now. They're the best overall team in the NFL. Nah, Miami's the best overall team. Nope. Fuck, why do the 49ers have such an easy schedule? 49ers-Eagles on December 3rd. How do, they, how do we get the three undefeated teams remaining that are all going to face each other at some point? I guess we don't get 49ers-Miami, but outside of that. Yeah, I have, uh, I have in my plans for when I start compiling my notes for our preview pod on Friday... Um, I'm going to be looking at every literal aspect of this Bills-Dolphins matchup to come up with my 
surefire explanation and plan of how the Bills will defeat the Dolphins. I kind of have an idea of what's going to cause the first Dolphins loss. What? It's something I noticed uh, watching back their their game against Denver on Sunday mm-hmm. and then their um, their game in week one. Did you know that the best way to beat Tua is by getting pressure by only rushing four? Get out of town. Yeah. So that's my theory. Wow. If you can get pressure rushing only four, you're really screwed with Tua. That could be it. I mean, what about getting pressure only rushing three? That's just unnecessary. <laughs> all right, Mike, I got another uh, another headline here, and then we'll we'll alternate over and talk about some winless teams. Sounds good. My second headline, AFC Undisputed 2023. See, like UFC Undisputed, the old video games. Got it. Okay. You didn't get my last one, so I felt like I had to explain this one. Okay. Uh. So the the top three scores this week, Miami obviously with 70 points, Kansas City with 41, and then teams with 37 points were Houston, Buffalo, and Seattle. So of the top scoring teams, there's one NFC team in the top five. Mike, is the AFC back? Were we too quick to bury the AFC? I don't think we ever buried them. We were saying that like going into the season, we were like, Eagles Niners only seriously like serious contender in the NFC and then the AFC has like five or six teams you could consider I don't know after those first couple weeks I felt like the conversation started to shift it was San Francisco is the Super Bowl favorite Philly is going to be good again Dallas looks unbeatable the Giants are terrible Rams were frisky frisky Mm -hmm. frisky Rams Saints were supposed to be better with Derek Carr. Uh, now they're, they're going to have Jameis Winston. Yeah. I'm just saying, I felt like in the first few weeks, we were talking about the, the Super Bowl contenders being the NFC teams. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that vibe. I mean, I guess because maybe some people wanted to, a lot of people probably overreacted to the Chiefs loss and the Lions win after week one. But, like, I mean, I don't know. It still seemed apparent to me that there was only two really good teams. Dallas was another one where it's like, Oh my God, they beat the shit out of both of the New Jersey teams. Well, I mean, that's not really impressive when you think about it. Well, one of those New Jersey teams beat the Bills, so maybe you should start talking about how impressive that win was to okay, feel better. Well, Mercury was in retrograde or some shit that night because it made no sense. If Mercury, if Mercury was in retrograde, Aaron Rodgers would have been fucking hype and never gotten hurt. That's true. That's true. He has like a whole Mercury in retrograde tattoo. Hmm. Oh, another point I just wanted to throw out there real quick. Is it about Blake uh, Gabbert? No, it's because we were talking about the, the Cardinals and... For me to once again go against my priors and talking about the coordinators of former coordinators of last year's Eagles team, fucking Gannon has that Cardinals team looking way more frisky than they have any right to be. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're in every game. Uh, obviously, they beat Dallas. Josh Dobbs is outperforming the stock he kind of put into Josh Dobbs. The defense is outplaying what you expect based off the talent. Maybe Gannon was a bad defensive coordinator and a great head coach. Or an okay defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. but he's I mean he's looking great and I don't mean his face because I can't tell if he's attractive or like hor- horrifyingly unspokenly like deeply evil not sure he's, he he's kind of looks like he kind of looks like the robots in iRobot but with more full lips the man has never had a facial expression Let's take a look here. Let's pull up some John Gannon picks. My internet won't start. Oh, yeah. He's an interesting... Oh, that's right. We talked about this on Sunday. He's an interesting looking fella. Yeah. 
Can't really tell which one it is. Between yeah, between him and Josh Dobbs, that is a unique looking team. All right, do you want to talk winless teams now? Yeah, I didn't know if you had some more Shane Stinky or not Shane Stinky, uh, Jonathan Gannon's thoughts. No, just uh, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, keep uh, chugging along. Who's who's he even competing with to be the best coach in Arizona history? Just like Bruce Arians? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to say, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, Tony Dungy. De- no, Green. Dennis Green. Oh, yeah. RIP, but they didn't really have a lot of success with him. So, no. Who was coaching them um, like those Palmer years when they were pretty good? Is that no. Arians? No, who's the coach? Um, yeah, but who's the coach with uh, Kurt Warner when they went to the Super Bowl? Bruce Arians. That was Bruce Arians as well? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So he's definitely, that's who he's competing with. Because that was after he took over when uh, Tony Dungy got cancer uh, for in Indianapolis. And Bruce Arians took over for a minute, and then they hired him over to Arizona. That does not line up correctly with the Kurt Warner team. In Arizona? Does it? Does yeah. It? Oh, wow. Seems so long ago when Kurt Warner made his, his final ride. It was like, what, 2010? Yeah, that makes sense. 2009, something like and that. Andrew Luck wasn't in the league in 2010, so. Yeah, but Bruce Arians didn't take over when Andrew Luck was in the league. Bruce Arians took over when Peyton Manning was in the league. Hold on one second, because I think you're out of pocket. Uh, let's see, 2009 was that uh, Cardinals team that made to the Super Bowl. And the head coach of that Arizona team was Ken Wisenhunt. Oh, Wisenhunt. Wisenhunt. Oh, no, wait, that was when they lost the Super Bowl. The 2008 team lost in the Super Bowl. Once again, that was uh, Ken Wisenhunt. Okay. Yeah, so then it was the Palmer stuff with Bruce Arians. Correct. And that would be after his stint in Indianapolis. Yes, sir. Okay. Boy, really hope people stuck through the podcast to hear us figure out when Bruce Arians coats the Cardinals. I mean, it's always good to stick through a podcast so you can find a point where I prove you wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite part of the podcast. At least. What are we talking about? Winless teams? Winless teams. I got a fun little game to play with you, all right? All right. So of the four winless teams, I'm going to go through them. Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you two questions. Okay. Number one. So they'll get, I'm just going to go ahead and start this, and I think people will get the gist after the first time. Question one, we'll start with the Bears. Question one, if they get the number one overall pick, which I have them, in my opinion, they're one of the two teams most likely to do it, either them or the Broncos. If they get the number one overall pick, should they take Caleb Williams? No, Drake May. <laughs> no, yeah, they should, they should absolutely take Caleb Williams if they get the number one overall pick. Okay, so in the event that they're like, nah, we can get Fields to figure it out, do you think they should go with... Marvin Harrison Jr., the top wide receiver prospect, who's also up there. Uh, edge rusher, like Jared Verse, go with like one of the top edge guys, or go with one of the top tackles and like Joe Alt or Olu Fashanu. Probably an edge rusher. Um, okay. You know, Marvin Harrison Jr. is obviously going to be one of the best wide receiver prospects in, in a, a few years. Mm-hmm. But the problem is they don't have a quarterback that throws forward passes. Oh, yes. So that hurts his ability to catch passes and score touchdowns. Gotcha. All right, so next one is, we'll go Denver Broncos next. Should they take Caleb Williams? Uh, yes. Yes, absolutely. If not, what position do you think they should go for? Fuck, they're so stacked at wide receiver, or at least they feel like they're stacked at wide receiver. So once again, yeah. I wouldn't think Marvin Harrison. Um, they could use a tackle. So maybe a tackle. That seems like, Denver seems like the team where it's like, if you get the number one pick and you're for some reason like, nah, Russ is our guy, trade out of the spot. Yeah. Um, 
I do real quick, just because in preparing for the segment, I uh, was looking into who I think might be a actual worst winless team. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact. <laughs> Did you know Denver last week after week two had a, uh, only had a negative point differential of minus three points. Yeah. The first two games were close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what their point differential is now? Oh, uh, well, they lost that last one by 50. So would it be 52? 53. 53, sorry. Wow, talk about a fall from grace. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) All right, so next, the Vikings. Because Kirk Cousins is done after this year, right? Yeah. This is last year's contract. You know what's crazy about this? What? Because of how the, like, extension worked out and everything, if he leaves, they don't even get a compensatory pick. Yeah. If he signs somewhere else, they don't get a compensatory pick. So, like, what? let me ask you this before we get into this. What would their record have to be for them to trade Cousins to the Vikings? I mean, to the Jets. It'd be wild if they trade him to the Vikings. Um, what week is the, d- the deadline? Oh, fuck. Who knows? Why is there trade deadlines? I think it's like 11, maybe, or 12. Uh, October 31st. Oh, so we'll only be like, what, eight or nine weeks into, like eight weeks into the season? Yeah, it's always so, so early. So, yeah, I think if they're like... So reasonably, I would say no matter what, do it. Um, if a good return comes along, just say yes. But I imagine if they're like two and six, they'll probably be like, you know what, it's over. I could see them lying to themselves if they're three and five. Yeah, I think that, I think that if they have any wins by week five, they won't trade them for the season. I also think it will come down to come trade deadline. What is the overall like? What are the records of the NFC North and can they lie to themselves and be like, Oh no, we're still in a, in it as far as the division goes. So maybe we shouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they just can't keep up with juggernaut Jordan love. So that's true. All right. So Vikings, let's say that they get number one overall. They did not trade Kirk cousins or even if they did, they didn't get a quarterback in return, which if it's the jets, they obviously won't be. Um, should they take Caleb Williams? Yes. Absolutely, right? Yeah. How Imagine fun that. is that Caleb be? Williams, TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> I knew you were going to pick not Justin Jefferson. All right, so let's say they give uh, Kirk Cousins four years fully guaranteed for some weird reason. Do they need a tackle? Do they need an edge? God. I mean, they obviously don't need Marvin Harrison Jr., but that'd be kind of fun, wouldn't it? Ooh, Marvin, Har- Marvin Harrison, Jordan Addison, and fucking... Uh, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, that's one of those things where if, like, the Vikings do end up in a position where they can't get a top quarterback, but Harrison's still there, it's just, like, take best player. Take best overall player. Yeah. Take fucking Marvin Harrison Jr. That'd be so much fun. They, you can put fucking anyone back there, I'm sure. Get yeah. something done, right? Yeah. That could be a Josh Dobbs team. Just get Josh Josh Dobbs over there in the fucking murderer's row of receivers. Yeah. You put Nathan uh, Peterman back there. Yeah. And then lastly, the Carolina Panthers. They have Bryce Young, so I know you're going to be a smartass and be like, yes, yeah, take Caleb Williams. Well, it'd be hard for them to do that because that pick they traded to Chicago. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. So that oh my god, if, imagine if Chicago could end up with two top four picks, they get Caleb Williams, and then and they, they trade get... both those again and have three top ten picks the next year. Like, what a great idea! <laughs> so that's my new conspiracy theory. Not conspiracy theory, but that is my new like hopeful outcome. Here is the Bears end up with like number one, and then like another one in the top four, and they somehow walk out of that shit with like. Caleb Williams and a top tackle or Caleb Williams and Marvin Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, let's go. 
Yeah, because they just took a tackle last year in the first round in Darnell Wright, who looks pretty good. Oh, yeah, and he looks legit. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that that's the hope, right? If you're a Bears fan, I know you have, like, literally no form of, like, happiness so far this season. Because, uh, God, did that team look lifeless against Kansas City? But that could be your best hope. Listen, well, sometimes it's noble to lose 37-3. to mm-hmm. I think that that is a, a noble score to put up. I yes, wouldn't say they look lifeless. I would say that there was a, a hard-fought loss. And sometimes things just don't bounce your way. Sometimes teams play dirty and get away with it. Uh, no shame loss, to the Bears. Their loss was 41-10. to 10. Oh, yeah. Fuck you guys. What a, lame, what a lame score. They fucking suck. They let up 41. Like, come on. Garbage. I mean, Garbage. if you're going to let up a lot of points, just let up 70. At least it's fun to talk about the next day. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, I love um, coming out of the 70-point loss, or the 50-point loss, people were like, See, we knew Russell Wilson wasn't in. It's like, well, fuck, he put up 20 points. How is he? Is he supposed to play safety also? Right. I um, Just for fun, I want to see if you have an opinion. I, I have the Vikings down to probably, when the season's over, if they don't move Kirk Cousins, I think they'll end up with the best record of these four. Agree, yeah. Disagree? I, I think that it's hard to take anyone else. They're just the best team of these four. I mean, they won fucking, what, 14 games last season? Something crazy like that? And 16 I think, games? Were they 16 and 1? That is impossible. That is impossible. They were not 16 and 1. <laughs> uh, but they, I mean, they won double digit games last season. Uh, a lot of it was luck, but it, like, as much as a wide receiver doesn't move the line, if there was a wide receiver who was going to move the line, it's Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And also, correct me if I'm wrong, their first three games have all been, once again, one score losses. So there has, that. there has to be a tipping point, you know, when they start getting some of those one point wins <laughs> there's Maybe one score wins the, i mean the regression from last year yeah yeah i think the the vikings probably ended the best out of here if i had to guess i would still be willing to go as far to say as vikings as a, a fringe playoff team mm-hmm. like i think they can make like that third wild card spot now that there's three i don't think that's out of the question i mean they just have talent like Kirk cousins isn't a top 10 quarterback, but he's not like a bottom 12 quarterback either. Yeah. Do you have anything else on the winless teams or can we get into another headline that I wanted to talk about? Um, yeah. Uh, Broncos have lost to Miami, Las Vegas and the commanders. Uh, their week one and two success rate allowed on defense was 43.3%, which is slightly above average. Their week three success rate allowed was uh, 61%, which is the highest success rate of defenses allowed in at least three years. Dear God. So uh, maybe Patrick Sertan sucks. Maybe it's time we start talking about that. It Just for, I did have a stat written down because that game might possibly come up during our award segment, but uh, Tyree Hill uh, had seven different defenders that at some point covered him. And the highest of those seven, as far as the... Uh, their coverage grade was Delarin Turner Yell, who posted a 54.5 coverage grade. And it just went down from there, brother. Um, Justin Simmons went out last week and wasn't out. That's like their starting safety. Mm-hmm. I think that it'd be fun if we just start blaming this entire loss on not having Justin Simmons. Let's go I with think, that hot take. I think Justin Simmons swings this game by at least 51 points. If Simmons was there, I mean, it would have been, this would have been a Broncos win. I mean, obviously. Yeah. I mean, no one's arguing. No one's arguing. All right, Mike, you got a you got another headline here now that we've figured out how to save the Broncos. Oh yeah, I just want to talk about this Josh McDaniels thing. 
I have that in my awards. Oh, so we can wait till then if you want to. Yeah, yeah, let's wait. Let's wait. Okay. Um, you got any other headlines you want to hit? Yeah. Uh, no, we, we, we can move on to uh, Talon Alone's team. Let's talk about the Falcons, eh? Eight. Falcons undefeated. Oh no, I'm sorry. They actually lost twenty to six. Uh, they they followed two and one, one and two against the spread. Failed to put up a touchdown. Not a great week. Time to throw in the talent, Desmond Ritter. So I I had this jotted down here. 41-38-201, passer grade. Uh, for the season though, for the season though, he has he's forty point nine, which That's is thirty uh, third in the league. Not but great. If, if you want to remove Andy Dalton, who's only started one game, it's actually thirty second. <laughs> so he's behind Zach Wilson. Yes, he's behind Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so I also was questioning this. Uh, his backup is some a man you're very familiar with. We're both Taylor. very familiar with him. Heineken. Yeah, the Heineken man himself. I mean, I think it depends on the mindset here. Like, if the Falcons are like, no, we want to give this rookie a full year so we can judge. Um, there's also the argument, though, that after three games, we may have seen enough to have the full judgment on him. Uh, uh, I mean, more than three games. Uh, he's played seven total games in the NFL at this point because he played some last season. That's right. That's right. I mean, the upside with well, Heineke is that four he's Four touchdowns, pe- one interception. Fucking stop it, all right? Sorry. Sorry. I'm trying to tell you that in seven games, including the three he played last year, four touchdowns and one interception. Only one interception? Only four touchdowns. That's true, and also not good. Yeah, not great. But like the upside with Heineke, at least, is he's like pure fucking chaos when he plays. Yeah, that's, that's what made it fun watching Heineke mm-hmm. the last couple of years, is that every play was going to be a touchdown or an interception. Like, it took them so long to be like, listen, man, sometimes you just got to throw the underneath route to Antonio Gibson. He was yeah. just sitting back there and fucking sending it. Yeah, and then he, he had would... small hands and a weak arm and was trying to throw it 70 yards in the air. You have, like, that, like, weird thing where he would just, like, add an, he would somehow pull off, like, a 25-yard scramble. And then yeah. the, next, the next play, he gets sacked and fumbled. And you're like, yeah. damn it. It really is. It's like, you know, playing an entire football game on RNG. Just every play, you're like, literally anything could happen here. Taylor Heineke could throw a 95-yard completion to Curtis Samuel for a touchdown, or Taylor Heineke could throw a pick six. Anything could happen here. He's like a weaker-armed, less... This sounds really mean, but a weaker-armed, less talented Brett Favre. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the absolute comp for it. Um, Mm. I think of him as, uh, what if we pack Josh Allen into a guy who should be doing taxes? Exactly. And uh, yeah, so then Bijan and Algier combined for 45 yards on 17 carries. This literally, it just played into the weakness of the Falcons where it's like, shut down the run and force Ritter to have to beat us, and he can't. Yeah, how about Aiden Hutchinson? Aiden Hutchinson was playing his little ass off. His little yeah. took us. His little took us off. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those games where you're like, eh, Lions are more legit than I like to give them credit for. They really did walk in to one of the weirder offenses to game plan for and just shut down the run. I mean, they shut down Bijan Robinson, who is one of the best running backs of all time. Uh, shut down Tyler Rogers, who's also one of the best running backs of all time. Um, you know, shut down Desmond Ritter, which uh, in some circles, a, a fairly bright light could probably do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Detroit's run defense isn't like amazing, but I mean, it, it does rank 13th in the league by PFF grade. So, they went. They faced an above average, we'll say, uh, run defense, and it did not work out for him. 
and now they have to get on a plane and go to London to face the Jaguars next week. I don't have the line on that, if you do. No, I can look it up real quick. Bet you I can get it faster. Oh, it is a three. Three. Three on the dot? Currently. Three on the dot currently, according to PFF. And it looks like it's juiced towards Jacksonville. So people are taking Jacksonville minus three currently. This is a winnable game for Atlanta, in my opinion. Yeah, I agreed. Um, I, I know this is off topic. It's not what we're talking about. You cannot give me enough money to put on Jacksonville two weeks from now, though. They're That's... playing back-to-back games in London, which means they'll have a whole week in London when another fucking jabroni-ass team shows up on a Thursday. So not this week, but the following week? Yeah. Okay, I mean, they play the Bills, but... <laughs> in London, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in London, if you saw, I mean, I, the Bills, I don't know how that, that's bullshit. That counts, that's cur- technically a home game for the Bills. That should be a home game for the Jags, but they didn't want to take two home games away from the Jags. That's fucking horseshit, take one away from Buffalo. But yeah, I mean, currently that line's only four and a half. So, I mean, after yeah, we beat, I, beat the I'll Dolphins, be, it could change. I'll be, uh, I'll be betting that on Sunday. Sorry, brother. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities to get a weird situation that anything can happen in. I mean, that's... Might even bet money line on the Jags. All right. <laughs> uh, We're so back, about the Falcons, though. back to the Falcons. Um, yeah. I only handed out one star of the week this week. It's a third star. Once again, Jesse Bates. 89 run defense grade. Really all good you could say about the team was that Jesse Bates, once again, played well. Had an interception in the end zone. Just, yeah. uh, you know, good player, that guy. Good player. The best safety in the league with the last name Bates, at least. Did they still have the? Uh... Where are they? I mean, this, are they still tied for the, the lead in that division? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Are the Saints one and two or two and one? Two and one. No. Two and one. Okay. One and two. Or one, one and two. Them. They're definitely two and one or one and two. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that division is still very much up for grabs. We could still get our boy Bijan into the playoffs. I think we will. I mean, I the so. Saints lost Derek Carr. The Panthers don't have anything on that team. Oh, wait. Tampa Bay. They're 2-1 and one as well. That's the team they're tied with. Thank you. Yeah. I think they're better than Tampa Bay. I don't know, yeah, man. That's, that's, that's a close one. Quarterback's kind of a wash. I guess Baker technically has the edge, but... Tampa has still got Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and still has some pieces from that Super Bowl defense. That's true. Those could be, uh, those could be very, I think those are going to be some very important games for the Falcons on their schedule, which is a no shit comment to make. <laughs> um, uh, I Googled the, the Saints to see uh, who they play next week. It's the Bucks, by the way. But uh, did you know the, the Saints have two mascots? Really? One of them's named Gumbo. Gumbo, gumbo the what? What is he? It's just gumbo. It's just a big bowl of gumbo. I'm looking him up. He's There's some cat. dude in a. a uh, well, gumbo, if a you cat. Google gumbo and hit images, fucking idiot. Yeah, you just you have to type in gumbo Saints mascot. Oh, the Saints have a thing on their website. All right, let's look at gumbo's a dog. Makes sense. And then Sir Saint, who's their other mascot, is just a guy with a big chin. Uh, he's like Kevin O'Connell. That is a that's that's a that's a that's like a fucking burgermeister level chin. Yeah. You know it's a burgermeister? Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah, yeah. So as previously stated. Mm-hmm. Uh Falcons at Jags in sunny old England next week. Uh maybe we'll preview some of that on the, the podcast on, on Friday. Yeah. 
Any other Falcons thoughts, Mike? Or you want to move on to some weekly awards? Uh, no, it was a tough week for our boys, but just pick it up and uh, keep running. You know, in hindsight, I'm just saying I'm not giving up on the Falcons, and I'm sure we might talk to them, talk about them in our awards, but I did suggest the Je- the uh, Houston Texans as talent alone's team. Fuck, man, you ain't wrong. The yeah. Houston's look good. Got uh, got some Houston stuff in my my guys' column coming up either tonight or tomorrow morning. Okay, awesome. So let's, let's get to some of these prestigious awards. For those of you who it's your first time listening, we are the podcast brought to you by The Wheel, and since we could never find a way to get The Wheel involved, we have crowbarred The Wheel in for our weekly award segment. We have come up with somewhere between five to eight awards in any individual week, and we will go back and forth, allowing The Wheel to decide who gives out the award. Mike, kick or receive? Receive me, or kick to me. <laughs> Give All right, it, Mike, what I'm saying. we've spun the wheel. And your first award, uh, making us sound like actual professionals, going with the obvious one first. You get Game of the Week. All right, Game of the Week. So I'm sure there's different ways people would go with this than what I did. But I went with, the, uh, I went Dem- with Denver at Miami. <laughs> Excellent choice, honestly. Because blowouts aren't fun until it gets to a point where it's just pure fucking carnage. Uh, 726 total yards of offense by Miami. They averaged 10.2 per play. Uh, like I said earlier, they pulled the starters and then decided to run up the score. Um, Tariq Kill just terrorized them. They had no Jalen Waddle, which makes that even crazier. Uh, Hill had a 95. You and Theory? Yeah. You and Jalen Waddle? I mean, if you consider Waddle their best player, then yeah, that's that, that's Ewing Theory. I uh, always have. Hill had a 95 offensive grade. David A-Chain popped off breakout game, 94.4 grade offensively. And then Mostert. Can you uh, repeat his name one more time? Isn't it David A-Chain? It's Devon. Oh, sorry, Devon. A-Chan. A-Chan, but there's an E at the end. Yeah, he says, he he came out this week on Twitter and was like, it's pronounced A-Chan. Like, oh, well, you really waited to break out before telling everyone that, didn't you? I think A-Chain sounds cooler, so he's Devon A-Chain. And then Raheem Mostert, the man who every, like, three weeks or so just goes nuclear and makes some fantasy owner pissed off because he benched him. 92.7 offensive grade, put up some numbers. Yeah, it was just a pure bloodbath and, uh, you know, they should have ran it up more, tried to get that NFL record. I don't know what it was, but I know they didn't get it. Um, just do want to point out to you real quick that uh, Raheem Mostert had the second most fantasy points amongst running backs on his own team. Yeah. <laughs> Looking wild. <laughs> All right. That's a good pick for game of the week. Not, not the route that I would have gone. Excellent pick. There wasn't a lot of like crazy close ones. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I'm spinning the wheel for myself. Uh, I got the Team Carry of the Week award. And now I have to find where I wrote my notes. There they are. All right, Mike, this one seemed obvious to me. Don't know how you felt, but I felt like it was Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert went 40 for 47 for 405 yards and three touchdowns in a one-score game. He also had the highest average yards per rush on the team. And... uh Threw to Keenan Allen 20 times for 215 yards. Keenan Allen, sneakily, uh, not a name you hear of a lot, but kind of becoming a Puka Nakua guy. So I'm going to jump in real quick to say, I know we don't both give out who we had, but that is who I had. Okay. I mean, so if you have any additional notes, we can go in that. Uh, Mike Williams is out with an ACL tear. Still shredded everything. Uh, Justin Herberts, you know, the defense played all right. 47.5% success rate. 
But Justin Herbert going 40 for 47, 405 yards, three touchdowns in a one-score game. Feels like a team carry to me. Yeah, and uh, Mike Williams had did have a good day as well until he went out. Uh, prior to him going out, he ended up racking up like 121 yards, but 49 and his touchdown were from Keenan Williams or Keenan yeah. Allen. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, I guess it's crazy. Herbert targeted him 20 times. That I can't believe that's not some kind of NFL record. Well, Puka Takua had 25 like a week ago. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you just can't living up to Puka standards is nearly impossible for anybody. So that's why you know. When I see little Johnny come home from school, I did like a yay high symbol but down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when little Johnny comes home from school at the end of the day and says, Dad, I got an A today, I tell him, well, you're shit. You'll never be Puka Nakua. Yeah, uh, and they needed it. I don't, can't remember if you said it, but no, no Eckler once again. Their running game was non-existent, so they oh needed God, Herbert yeah. to step up and carry that team. Josh Kelly was fucking atrocious, man. Yeah, team total, yeah. 14 carries, 30 yards. I hate to give away any future potential awards, but... Uh, Josh Kelly, on a fourth and one with the game on the line, lost a yard. Yikes. All right, Mike, spin in the wheel. This is going to be your next award, uh, which we have the Nobody Look. Which, you want to soundbite that or? Nobody Look! Nobody Look! Is that good? Oh, you yeah, mean like get it. the soundbite or me give yeah, it? I mean, give it. Yeah, he did it. Nice job. This right, is yeah, for is- the... Uh, I believe that your phrasing on this were for the team that got exposed the most this weekend. Yes, a team or a position group that got exposed. Obviously, uh, you know, got exposed like a man in a courtroom who accidentally flings off his giant hands to <laughs> expose his tiny ones. Hopefully someone out there is getting the reference. So I went with a whole team, and I've been on them pretty hard. The Jacksonville Jaguars, I think, got exposed again. Like, everybody the previous week was like, oh, they played the Chiefs, you know, one of the best teams in the league, best, one of the best AFC teams, so it's okay. Nope, it's not okay. 37-17 to 17 loss to Houston, two L's in a row. Um, Houston had their best graded game offensively in six of seven categories by far. Like, we're talking big jumps, and defensively in five of six categories. And we, we like Houston. Houston's frisky. C.J. Stroud, we love us frisky. in C.J. Stroud. Feel frisky. Houston, feel yeah. frisky. Stroud played an amazing game, but for a team that was like heavily favored to win their division, this is just another week of embarrassment. And and Trevor Lawrence wasn't terrible. He was once again like he was meh. But you you can't come in against a team that you're supposed to be a league better than and run away with your division and just be meh. This AFC South they have been exposed, and now this AFC South is wide open for business between. I think the Texans are in it. I think they have a chance to win that division. I think the Colts have a chance to win that division. Uh, the Titans don't. But I think it's a three. I think it's a three-team race now, and uh, the Jags are not as good as we thought they were, or as many thought they were. Let me ask you this: Who's the uh, who's the best rookie coach going so far this year? It's stinky. It's the stink. So you're taking stink over D'Amico Ryan's? Ooh. Taking the stink over Johnny Gannon's? Yeah, I'm gonna stick with the stink for right. Now, I think I'm going to Miko Ryan's. It's going to be, th- I mean, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. It's a good class of rookie coaches. I think those are the it only is. three, right? That I can think of, yeah. Yeah, because like Reich took over in Carolina, mm-hmm. but he's not a rookie coach. It's got to be it, right? That's got to be it. Sean Payton to Denver, not a rookie coach. Mm-hmm. Eric Bienme is an assistant head coach, so that doesn't count. Yeah. So it's those three. So that's the, the race. Great start from those three guys. 
yeah, they all have teams that are playing better than what people expected. Yeah. Yeah, and all three of them have done exceptionally well considering quarterback situation too. Right. And I was a little early on the Texans. I mean, I said that I loved the draft. And, you know, I was all bad. I'm saying I was here a little early, but people can come on and jump on the bandwagon, on the frisky Texan bandwagon. We we welcome all. To turn it into Simmons last year. The fucking Panthers. But mine's not. Mine has, like, I feel like there's evidence to back mine up. His was delusional. What evidence? When were you ever talking about Houston before week one? When were you ever talking about Houston before week two? I said I really liked their draft class. I threw them out there as the possible town alone team of the year. And after week one, when they played really well, I was like, Bullshit. You didn't say shit about them after week one. After week one, I called them frisky. And after week two, I even once again doubled down and said, boys are still kind of frisky. I I remember you said that you liked their draft and I roasted you because you said that you liked the draft of the team that had two top five picks. Not I've, been, a, I've been calling him frisky for three weeks, and you know, if you wanna, if you wanna gaslight me and you wanna lie to the masses, that's fine. You know, you definitely you want, haven't been calling him frisky for three weeks. Maybe I've been calling him frisky for three maybe weeks, maybe, weeks. maybe two weeks. Spin the wheel. Uh, you want me to just completely ignore your Bryce Bryce Young's the best quarterback in the class takes, or we still have time. We still have time. <laughs> but does Bryce Young have time? <laughs> Spin in the wheel. All right, this is my pick. Yep. I'm up. All right, yep. so uh, time for, for a more solemn award that we give out every week. The Brandon Staley Memorial Worst Coaching Choice of the Week. Once again, rest in peace, Brandon Staley's coaching career. Yeah. Um, this, uh, this seemed obvious to me. Going to Sunday Night Football for this. Fourth and four, Pittsburgh eight with 222 left. The score, Las Vegas 23. Or I'm sorry, uh, Pittsburgh 23, Las Vegas 15. Josh McDaniels, down eight with 2.22 left, decides to kick a field goal, thus cutting it from a one-possession game that requires a touchdown to a one-possession game that requires a touchdown. Uh, And here's the thing, Mike. Despite that, almost worked. Pittsburgh runs a six-play, two-minute, 10-second drive, punts back to Las Vegas with 23 seconds left. DeAndre Carter muffs the punt, and narrowly recovers it. Jimmy Garoppolo, 12 seconds left, throws an interception. Game over. Yeah, I don't care that it it almost worked in like the like the smallest and like the longest stretch of the term. It almost worked. Yeah. Like 23 seconds left, no timeouts. Like yeah, okay, they got the ball back. So in that sense, it almost worked. This is one of those coaching decisions that I I don't know how he's not like after the game. He's not getting a call from the owner being like, bye. There's no defensible explanation for this decision. Oh, I don't think Mark Davis could have seen it through the, the bull cut. <laughs> he was trying to dial the number and just kept fucking up. <laughs> uh, ben Taylor's fourth down bot that he posts on Twitter mm-hmm. graded this as basically an equivalent win percentage chance to if he had gone for it. And I think analytics are a great tool. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with the robot on this one. Percentages, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they were both around 10% win percentage, either going for it or kicking the field goal. And that has to do with the down and distance because it was fourth and four from the eight. But I'm going to be honest with you there, Ben Taylor. Think that uh, if you're going to say, all right, there are three possible outcomes here, right? Turnover on downs, field goal, 
touchdown or first down. We'll say touchdown, first down are the same odd, right? Two of those end with still having to get a stop anyways. At least this way, if you go for it on fourth down, they're backed up to the eight-yard line. They're not going to score there, and if they punt, you have better field position. It just yeah. seemed like a bad call on the, the robots part to me. Yeah, and we were. it's funny because we were literally talking this weekend about worst coaches in the NFL, like who's the worst coach, and McDaniel's name came up. And I think he just, he must have heard that and heard there was other, like, possible names in the race. And he was like, oh, fuck no, hold my beer. I'm taking the mantle. I'm number 32, baby, and no one's taking this from me. I don't know who else is on that staff. I should probably look that up because we'll know their name before too long. Mm-hmm. But it is astounding to me to kick a field goal down eight from the eight-yard line. I just, what's the fucking point, brother? What's the fucking point? All right, Mike. Our last award. I spun the wheel anyways. Didn't need to. We're on to the free spaces here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many free spaces you have, but I have a free space myself. So uh, why don't you go ahead and take the first one here? All right. So I got got one free space award. And there's a few quarterbacks I could have named it off of probably. But the first one that came to mind was the Derek Carr behind the chains pass of the week. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it goes to Zach Wilson, who down 15-10 uh, in the fourth quarter. It's fourth and 10 with 126 left. And the play resulted in Zach Wilson pass short right to Ty Conklin for two yards. You can't do that, bud. <laughs> now I'd have to go back and rewatch the play to see what the pressure in the situation was. But even if he had someone barreling down on him, throw it to any receiver that is on the other side of the first down marker. You cannot throw a short right pass on fourth and ten game on the line. It's uh, it's not what you can do, but you, can, you can't Kirk do that. Did Cousins do that in the playoffs last year? He was another name I thought of. Yeah, in naming this award, it was like him, Carr, Garoppolo, etc. Just think, Park and Bark. Who are the guys who don't leave the pocket? Yeah, and like I could defend maybe like if you throw it eight yards, you know, and you think the guy has a move he can make to get the extra two. That's a possibility. Two yards, not gonna happen. All right, Mike, my, uh, my free space award, I actually have two of them. I, I forgot about one of them. So my first free space award, the, uh, the you know, weekly second best running back in Miami of the week award goes to Raheem Mostert. 45 fantasy points, 13 rushes, 83 yards, three touchdowns, add seven receptions for 60 yards and one touchdown. Good job, Raheem Mostert, second best running back in Miami this week. Uh, give yourself a pat on the back. It's not easy being one of the top two running backs on your own team in a week, but you sure did it. You got a thought on that, Mike? You looked like you were uh, waffling uh, on saying something. No, no. I mean, we talked about him and uh, De- Devante, uh, or Tavon, Achan, Achan. Uh-huh, Achan. You should love it, because you're all about animus. That's true. I'm... <laughs> all right, that, that joke broke me, so you can go ahead and just go to your next award. <laughs> Do you, have an, do you have another free space or no? I only have the one free space this week. Okay, cool. So uh, the other one is I, I'm giving out the, the weekly Sam Howitzer award to uh, Sam Howell. Just, you know, using that Howitzer to throw four interceptions. Uh, not enough arm strength to get it through coverage to any receiver all day. Just really loading up the cannons and uh, firing a limp dick little cannonball whenever he could. Um, oh. On top of that, just to, to add... Injury to insult for the Sam Howitzer 
award of the week. Antonio Gibson only gets two carries for 17 yards. The team combined to rush for 8.1 yards a carry, but only ran the ball 13 times for some reason. And uh, if you take away Curtis Samuel's 37-yard reception, the team averaged 7.4 yards a reception. That's not an attempt. That's a reception. 28th, 27th-ranked offensive offense by EPA per play. Slightly behind the Denver Broncos. Not not a great a great uh, a great week for Sam Howell. I don't. It was against my team, so I don't want to ta- bury on too much. But I, I tell you what, I just I just on the fly came up with another award related to this. Okay. It's gonna be it's gonna be the defensive menace of the week award. I'm gonna give it to Terrell Bernard. Jesus Christ, man! Who who had to step in for Tremaine Edmonds and uh, linebacker for the Bills, and this week had seven tackles, two sacks, two hits for loss, an interception. The dude a pass deflected. The man was all over the place. Uh, since we have a little bit of extra time to kill here, uh, just looked at our, at our recording and we we breeze through the podcast a little easier than we we typically do. Can I uh, can I run you through the play by play for the end of the Chargers Vikings game here for a second? Oh, yeah, because we talk about how Brandon Staley shouldn't have a job, but somehow got saved. <laughs> so. Staley goes for it on fourth and one from his own 24 and fucking runs it with Joshua Kelly, who was averaging like 2.1 yards a carry. So the defense of this, right? I should say Kelly goes up the middle from loses a yard turnover on downs once again on their own 24. So the defense of this, thank God a coach went for it on fourth with the game on the line. Like, we see so little of that. And Brandon Staley got that fucking bullied out of him. And he's very bullyable. Have you seen how skinny he is? Yes. So thank God that a coach went for it on fourth down with the game on the line. Now, to give some constructive criticism, why is no one doing the tush push, man? What's the fucking deal? Did no one watch the NFL season last year? Seriously, like, did these coaches spend all offseason going, oh, yeah, I can't remember a single thing that happened last year. The tush push is like the second most dominant play in all of football behind like a quarterback design scramble. It is utterly ridiculous that people aren't doing the tush push. And I mean, anyone like they should be doing the tush push with fucking Baker Mayfield. They should be doing the tush push with Bryce Young if it wouldn't snap him in half like a cracker. But Brandon, loyal listener to the show, big fan, you know, love how skinny you are. Um, Worried a little bit about the depression beard you got growing. Listen to me. As a, a, a fellow top-tier NFL analytics mind in the industry, uh, your quarterback, man named Justin Herbert, I'm sure you're familiar with him. He paid a doctor to stab Tyrod Taylor in the lung once. Is, uh, to, to use some advanced analytic terms, he's six foot six, 236 pounds. If you just line Donald Parham up behind him and just have him fall forward. He's getting that yard brother mm-hmm. because a yard is three feet and Justin Herbert is two of those. You just got to kind of like pendulum and he'll get the fucking first down. You don't need to hand it to the second string running back. Who's averaging 2.1 yards a carry. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that was my rant about the, the brand Staley side of this. Yeah. Uh, now allow me to talk about what the Vikings fucking did after that. Vikings get the ball. A minute 46 left into the game. They were down by four points, so they needed a touchdown. 
Uh, here is the play-by-play of what they did. First and 10, incompletion. Second and 10, negative one-yard run by Alexander Madison. Third and 11, incompletion. Five-yard automatic first down, illegal use of hands on the Chargers. Uh, first and 10, completes a five-yard pass to Powell. Good job, Kirk Cousins. Second and five, completes a five-yard pass to TJ Hawkinson. Good job uh, uh, on TJ Hawkinson. But they do get a penalty, so they get backed up. A um, couple plays later, fourth down, five yards to go. Nine yards pass to TJ Hawkinson, who converts the first down. 12 seconds left, first and goal from the six. Kirk Cousins throws an interception. Thank you, uh, Kirk Cousins, for staying as on-brand as possible. Uh, they were home for this game, worth noting. As soon as they got to the press conference, they started blaming the crowd noise. They said it was too loud to get the call in, so Cousins made the call himself. And I'll tell you what. Really taught me I don't want Kirk Cousins as coach in my uh, team at any point. Could that have also put him in the running for the uh, the Brandon Staley like worst coaching, coaching call? <laughs> Since he apparently made that call, Fuck, that would have been... been such a galaxy brain move yeah. to give the the Brandon Staley Memorial worst coaching decision of the week to Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah saw... apparently Staley wanted a certain call to come in. Maybe I think it might have been an RPO or something. Kirk Cousins like couldn't hear it. What did I say? Daily. Oh, Brandon Staley also won an RPO. He's not a very good coach. Um, and uh, Kirk Cousins called something else, and then immediately was just Kirk Cousins in all over the place. Cousins in, in yeah, all over the place. I feel like going into this game, we thought we thought it we thought it would be higher scoring than it was. Uh, if you yeah, were an over by half a point, yeah. If you were an over better, you are pissed right now. Um, and it was kind of the question of who will sit on their balls last. And it appeared Staley had done it. It appeared Staley had went ahead and, and you know, push button for ball sitting. Um, but he didn't know just the caliber of who he was playing, <laughs> who, who was lined up against his team. And they managed, they managed a last-second ball sit to uh, grasp defeat from victory. Uh, yeah, just, just wild all around. It was like they both had a live hand grenade that they were tossing back and forth waiting for it to detonate <laughs> someone's season. Yeah. I uh, I don't. I was upset because I'm like so frustrated with Staley and how he's done as Chargers head coach, and so then for the Vikings to slide in and, and kind of save him on that is is wild. But you know, 14 more weeks to go or 14 more games to go for that team. We'll see what Staley can cook up. What if? So they're they're two or they're one and two right now. At what number would you bet the over on their wins? Like, would you bet over seven and a half wins? For the Chargers, Chargers of LA. Um, well, they still have two games against the Raiders Broncos. and Broncos. Yeah, so there's four wins. Yeah, there, sh- there should be four wins. That well, puts them at five. We say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Broncos, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. If they end up losing a game to the Broncos, I don't know what I'll do. Um, so hypothetically, that should be five. Then you're asking me, can they get three more wins? Uh, yeah, I think seven and a half. They could get over that. Okay. Eight and a half. Betting the over. Yeah. I'll save you time. If you put the over under at 10 and a half, that's when I'm not feeling confident. So you, you would say that you are more likely to expect the chargers to win nine games than 10 or win Uh, 10 games than 11 games. 
So I'll put it this way. If you put it at 11... I think they're a ten and seven football team. We'll put it that okay. way. With yeah. the coaching and the way the defense has been playing, uh, I, I don't. Yeah, ups. Best case scenario, eleven and six. Worst case scenario, they're like nine and eight, and then I'm putting them in the middle at ten and six or ten and seven. Okay. Now, if they go nine and eight, would you pick Drake May? That team? No, I would not. I don't um, think. I just got a couple of couple of look ahead betting notes. I know we typically do this on Friday, but I just want to throw these out there real quick, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. Uh, Mike, going all the way past week four, do you know what the Thursday night football game is for week five? Um, without I googling do. it, damn it. Well, I got it. It's Bears and Commanders. <laughs> Bears, Commanders on Thursday night. Yeah. That is going to be a dog shit game. Howell Fields. Yeah, who do they put on the posters for that one? Uh, it'll probably be like Chase Young and Khalil Herbert or some shit. No, Justin Fields still gets posters because they're like, oh, he's Fields. He can run, but he hasn't really done it much this year. Uh, my one other, other betting note I wanted to throw out there, Mike. I have already bet Arizona Cardinals plus 14. Against who? The San Francisco 49ers. Ooh. Cardinals plus 14. In in San Francisco. Yep. In San Francisco. Wow. I don't hate that because I think in the NFL, once you get to like 14 point lines, it starts to be like, oh, come on. I mean, they should be able to cover that. But then you yeah. see like, unless you're dealing with like, I guess the Bears and the Broncos of the world. Is it like, what is, what do you do the week after you let 70 points up? Fold the team? Yeah. Like it. There was a quote from one defensive player who said, like, I've been in this league for seven years and everything I like have built or accomplished is just gone. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> like, let's have he needs to talk to somebody. Like, you doing okay, bud? Like that is yeah, maybe maybe we went the wrong route with going into uh, like sports blog slash podcast. Maybe we should just become like sports therapy for players that lose by fifty points and also Brandon Staley. <laughs> yeah. Although, fuck, if we open a sports therapy office and Brandon Staley walks in, I couldn't let you talk to him. That's true. You know, you have the look of a man who would perhaps bag groceries. Have you considered that as a future career? Let's think about that for for a career. But I feel like 70 to 20 is one of those things where, like, you walk in the room the next day and it's like, I don't know what changes we could make. Everything went so bad. Let's just go to next week. Like, there's no, like adjustments that you think could account for 50 points so let's just bury it and move on it's almost more surprising that it didn't it hasn't come out yet as of tuesday at whatever time it is like roughly five o'clock that either russell wilson has been traded russell wilson's been put on ir russell wilson's been benched or sean payton re-retired yeah or like the defensive coordinator's been let go yeah and replaced with the guy from chicago yeah the guy from chicago (laughs) might be a great great move at least they would be talking about something else instead of losing by 50 points. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike, any, uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope. Uh, all, all transfer portal defense will finally be released after taking much time to deliberate amongst the committee to make these selections, the committee of one. <laughs> is Marvin and Mims going to make it on this list? Marvin Mims is not going to make it on the defensive all portal team. Uh, I also in- include information on how this is, for anybody who didn't make the list, don't worry. I will update this list yearly 
see who can make the squad and bounce someone else off. Um, and there will be a Tepois coming up this week as well. A town alone pro wrestling podcast. I there realize you go. That. Yeah. Uh, we really need a more clever way to end these podcasts, don't we? We need like a better sign off. Um, is this a give, giving a shout out to Big Cock Fox? <laughs> Not the way to do it anymore. Yeah, man. Listen, that works for me. I mean, I don't know if we can <laughs> shout out Big Cock Fox every week, but for this week and this week alone, shout out to Big Cock Fox. Glad you're uh, recovering from your health scare and hope to see your big cock on a screen near you at some point in the future. T-shirts incoming. Like and subscribe. <laughs>